WHHHFM Speedway W286CN Available in HD Cool Drop in The moment y'all been waiting for Broadcasting from the Isaac and Isaacs We win.com Injury Lawyer Studio It's the show where Indy comes to top Open lines with Indy's newsman Cameron Riddle One, two, two, three, three Hold up Good morning to you, Indianapolis. I am Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you live from the hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC studios on this Sunday morning, October 23rd, 2022. On the show this morning, at the bottom of the hour, we'll be telling you about... Sorry, headphones just fell out. (laughs) We'll be telling you about uh, Onyx Fest. Indiana's first and only theater festival that is dedicated to the the stories of black playwrights, as we did last week. And we're trying to expose you to some new things. And when you do that, people say, hey, tell us about, tell them about our thing. We're over here doing our thing, too. And we want people to come check it out. We've got a lot of talented artists, musicians, actors, actresses. Uh, producers, directors, writers, all of that right here in Indianapolis. And in fact, it's so big that they can make a festival out of it with a number of different shows. We'll give you a preview so that you can get some tickets and get out there to see a number of the shows being put on this year at Onyx Fest. It's actually just starting in just days from now. The details on that are coming up at 8.30. Uh, But first this morning, I'll be telling you about the Family Promise. It was an event that I had the pleasure of emceeing and they need some help, particularly from black churches. We'll tell you more about what the family promise is and of course the help that they are looking for coming up here in just moments. But I wanna start the show off with a shout out to everybody out at Blacktoberfest. We were out there last night and it was absolutely beautiful. This was the second time for the Blacktoberfest event and there were thousands of people who attended. The weather was perfect last night. Uh, the musicians, Bashiri Assad, as well as Megan, were the two acts that I caught uh, to close out tonight, and they were jamming. It was absolutely beautiful to see so many um, black people just having a good time. But not only black people, white people were out there too. White folks came and enjoyed the music, enjoyed the, the ambiance, but it was an absolute celebration of black businesses, uh, black restaurants, black food trucks, and of course the black musicians who were up on stage. So um, uh, just an all around peaceful, uh, beautiful, and by peaceful, I mean like just a good time, relaxing, like unwind. Everybody of all different um, ages were there to, I mean, I remember there was a kid standing next to me who was eight years old, who was, who was, dancing um just straight up jamming out to luther vandross and then you've got um there was a woman on the other side who was 89 years old um and so everybody in between so a a beautiful showing of the people uh from the city to get out there and support uh blacktoberfest last night so shout out to everybody involved in putting blacktoberfest uh on it was beautiful and can't wait to see what you guys do uh next year for year three where I don't know. You might need a bigger location because you, 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 that location last night was perfect. And if more people show up uh, for year three and they show up like they showed out last night, uh, you might need some more space. So 
Um, if you missed Blacktoberfest, put that on your calendar for next year because it was an absolutely um, good time. Me and all of, all of my friends are right there at the front, and we enjoyed ourselves. So speaking of um, events that I've been at, I recently uh, had the opportunity to um, be the master of ceremonies for a group ca- called uh, The Family Promise. And what The Family Promise does is they help uh, women and families who um, who are homeless um, get the services, including a roof over their head, the stuff that they need. And this is put on by churches of just about every denomination in this area that you can think of. This is a huge um, organization. And when I'm telling you, uh, I inter- when, when I was the MC, I was like, okay, so how do I balance this with all of these different um, uh, denominations? Like, dude, like everybody here, like what would we have in common? They were like, everybody loves God. So just say God is good. Okay, got it, got it. Might look at them uh, differently or see things from a different point. But in the middle, everybody loves God and everybody here is uh, trying to help um, other, is here to help help these families get what it is that they need. And one of the stories that we got to share um, was a woman who um, had, uh, I can't remember, I want she might have had five children, but she ended up being homeless. And the Family Promise um, was able to help her um, get her get her what she needed for her children, but also uh, put her, her and her children as a single mom in a, in a beautiful home um, and help get her on her feet so she could take care of her babies. Um, and so through emceeing that event, I learned that there is an increased need for black churches to participate in the family promise. And so joining us on our live line right now uh, is somebody who's been with the family promise for years, is very well respected. He was he was one of the people who they said, hey, you, you got to go meet Lee Means. Lee Means joins us on our live line uh, right now to tell us uh, specifically um, about the call to action for black churches to to get in line and 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 participate in this from what I'm telling you does actually help people. Lee joins us on our live line right now. Lee, good morning. Good morning, Cameron. Uh, so, uh, good morning, uh, TLC audience. First, I would like to say that I am the uh, facilities coordinator for Family Promise of Greater Indianapolis. And so let me just briefly uh, say this. Our mission, we are a partnership of congregations and community organizations responding to the crisis of children and their families who are homeless. We work to eliminate homelessness in Greater Indianapolis. Our vision a community where homelessness is rare, short-lived, and recoverable. The day that all Hoosier families who are homeless are sheltered on the day they become homeless. Because homelessness is not an option for any family or individual. And our values is that we believe in all of the following. And these guide how we pursue our mission and vision. And so... With that opening, you know, as Cameron said, we are a group of different congregations, and it's over 50 congregations. And out of these 50 congregations, sadly to say, is one black 
congregations is active. But what makes it so interesting is that these over 50 congregations that support Family Promise, they realize that 90% of our clients are black. And so the question that baffles me is where are the black churches? And uh, the reason why I say that is that you don't have to. Uh, Family Promise was started in 1986 on the East Coast. There are over 240 Family Promise chapters across the country. And what makes Family Promise so unique is that once an individual enters into our program, they would go to our day center during the day. But at 5 o'clock, Oh, every evening, vans roll out to these various congregations across central Indiana, taking these families to be fed dinner and then to be housed or they sleep at these various churches. So while sometimes we want to cast disparity on people helping people, they are opening up their doors to feed and allow these families to sleep overnight. And so this eliminates them being in their cars, on the street. They are actually housed in these various churches. Uh, most of these churches are United Methodist churches. Uh, and the United Methodist Church was founded by John Wesley, who was a missionary, and the, and the UMCs, they adhere to the missionary call to help other people. You know, I myself, I belong to a missionary Baptist church, but unfortunately, I am a member of Family Promise, so I represent my church, but my church is not participating as far as letting families sleep in the church or providing uh Right now, since COVID, the families for the last two years haven't slept in the churches. But what we did is we started what we call an apartment shelter model. So we provide fully furnished apartments, furnished with all your household goods, your cleaning products, your linen, everything that a family would need. It's like if you went to an Airbnb. And you had everything that you need. And so so these families are provided shelter in these apartments. We we have we work in partnership with about eight different apartment complexes. But uh when I talk about homelessness, I I would like to say this. A lot of people think that homelessness involves that person that's on the corner mm -hmm. behind the building in the doorway, up under the highway. But the face of homelessness is that person that is at Super 8, Days Inn, Royal Inn, in-town suites. And the reason why they're homeless is because they can't secure a lease. It's three things to stop people from getting a lease. Number one would be a felony. Number two, evictions. And then bad credit. But the apartments that we work with, they look over 
these three things to stop people from getting a lease. And they work in partnership with us because our clients, once they prove that they can pay the rent, they are allowed to apply for a lease at that apartment complex. You know, and it works beautifully. Yes. So every client works with the case manager or a social worker who helps that client set up a budget and make sure that they are adhering what they need to do in order that they can live in this apartment, you know, you know, for 30 days. Most of the time, these families are only in the program 30 days because in 30 days, they're ready to take over their own apartment, you know. It's not a program where you come in and you just sit around and do nothing. You are required, and we help you. We send people out to job interviews. We have partners that we work with that will hire some of the people. Now, I'm not going to say Families Promise is easy to get in because we are probably the number one shelter in Indianapolis, and it's because of the fact that we provide these furnished apartments to individuals. So, Lee, let me... Go ahead, Cameron. So let me ask you, you you laid it out exactly what Family Promise does and, and the results that you guys get for families. But at the beginning of what you said, you said about 90% of the families and the women that you serve are black women, and there is only one black church that out of all these congregations and all these different denominations, there was only one black church that is right. an active member of Family Promise. What is that one church? So that one church is University Methodist, which is on Grandview. And so uh, well, there, if there's one thing we don't have a shortage of, uh, and that's black churches of Indianapolis. <laughs> Absolutely. We have plenty of those. Um, right. and, and I understand that some people, some churches may not have the you know, space inside of their church building to, to house people. But as you said, um, you guys have, since COVID, have teamed up to put people elsewhere. And then, of course, I do know that there are some churches who own um, housing properties near their churches. You've been at this for a long time. When you talk to black churches um, about participating, uh, what's the answer you get? Or, or let me ask it this way. Why is there only one black church uh, in this city uh, that is participating? So at one time, before COVID, there was probably four black churches. So one of the original black churches in Family Promise, they lost their director. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and that was how Seven Day Advantage. They lost their director, and so they haven't stepped in, you know, to to provide things. And then Martindale Avenue, uh, New Bethel Baptist, the uh, Witherspoon. These churches at one time were in Family Promise, but when when uh, uh, a lot of the people that work in Family Promise are older people. Mm -hmm. and, and, and even my, I myself, I'm 72. But so the older people aren't afraid to step out on faith to help people, you know. And so even though, uh, the you know, we try to put the message out there to some of the, uh, I went and, I go and talk to churches. And the last church that I went and talked to, 
they made a commitment of providing actually you know you could provide like you know toilet paper paper towels dishwashing liquid uh toilet bowl cleaner you know household goods you can become an associate member mm-hmm. of family promise just by donating by doing either. something i mean it's by doing something it's is is kind of um I don't know. It's a little, I don't know if it's disheartening or if it's just or if a little embarrassing to hear um, <laughs> that there's such small participation um, from from the black churches um, in this. Because, like I said, I'm I'm putting this out there because it is such um, a, a beautiful program that uh, truly does help people. And as you said, homelessness is not uh, necessarily, you know, people who are on the corner. This is people who could be jumping from couch to couch, sleeping right. at grandma, sleeping at their cousins, just trying to keep a roof over their head, or you know, sometimes they're in a hotel, um, and uh, they need help. So I'm, I'm throwing the call out here this morning um, because, as Lee just told you, he's 72 years old, and I know Lee has wanted to retire because we we've talked before. He's wanted to retire long ago, but what keeps him going is. If he stops, then there's pretty much no black participation uh, in the family promise, except the people um, who are getting these awesome services. And so I want to throw it out there to uh, the phones are ringing here this morning. So I don't know who's calling, but um, I am hoping that um, there are some folks out there who will call in trying to get some information about how they can get connected to Family Promise and at least take that back to your church. You know, if you're on the if you're on the board of the church or, uh, you know, j- you don't even have to be on the board, just just a member. Or if you're a pastor who's on who's on the way in to service this morning and you're hearing this and you just want some information, I'd love for you to call in so we can connect you with Lee so that you can do something. You don't necessarily have to have room in your church for people to literally sleep in your building. But if you've got Absolutely. other properties that people can sleep in, if you can contribute uh, financially or contribute supplies, I know a lot of churches do, um, you know, drives and they send um, stuff to other places, which is needed. But I'm here to tell you that we've got a need right here uh, in Indianapolis and your help is needed. So uh, if you need more information, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. That's the number to call and talk to Lee and get you uh, connected directly. Lee, did I did I put that out there the right way? I know you're ready to sit down. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's one other thing that I wanted to say. Uh, Indianapolis ranks number two in evictions in the country. Mm. Second to New York City. Now, we, we would imagine New York City would be first. But Indianapolis being number two, Indianapolis is not the second largest city. It's not even in the top ten. You know, and and it's you know it's really sad, you know. And I'm I'm not trying to the churches. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been a, a, a going to church all my life since I was five, and been active in church. But as a man of God, I believe that a Christian's role, following the Master, who is the servant model, is to serve other people. And we serve other people by helping other people when we can and where we can. Uh, let's, uh, go to the, let's, let's go to the phones. you got a couple. We're getting tight on time, and we got some phone calls that are coming in, hopefully uh, with folks who want to um, share some information. Uh, let's go with uh, caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Cameron. How are you doing this morning? I'm good, Paul. How are you? Oh, I'm well. Hey, Lee. How are you doing this morning? 
I'm doing great. Uh, anyway, um, to address some of the things you guys are talking about, I happen to know Lee personally, actually. I'm related to him. And uh, so, you know, I used to work in the pantries and different things. And and uh, when y'all bring up the question, how come black churches don't participate more? Uh, but just my experience uh, from working with several different churches, uh, this this separation you know, a lot of people in the pantry look down at the people that come to the pantry. Absolutely. The fact that the, fact that the churches such as New Bethel, Eastern Star, with all these millions of dollars in their bank accounts, I know New Bethel don't have that million-dollar thing anymore. But <laughs> until, again, I'm going to say this one more time, if you really studied, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't do religion, but he went out. He went out and taught the people how to fish. He went out. You cannot achieve anything on the inside of a building. There you need go. to get out and go and get these people and treat each other with a little more kindness and respect. We need to stop looking down at uh, our noses because a lot of the black folks at these black churches are egotistical and they look down at their nose at people. And I'm not telling y'all something uh, that somebody told me, Lee knows that I didn't work in these pantries and different things, and he knows that I'm strong about helping families and about people coming together. There are a lot of black owners, uh, homeowners that are deacons or any churches and stuff. They are driven by finance. So until, like he says, if y'all want to walk like this person that's described in the Bible, well, then get out and go and and get with these people, see what their needs are and meet their needs. Paul, thank you so much. I appreciate you calling in, man. Y'all have a great day, Lee. I'll All right, thank you, Paul. All right, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. More calls coming through. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, what were they Monday night down at the city county council when they were distributing over $3 million in grants and so forth? The churches can't do anything because they're now facing their own problems with their daycare revenues being cut off, and their debt service loads are tremendous, especially the he mentioned Eastern Star. They have uh, tied our money up in frozen assets that are getting melted down. Just go down Martindale or uh, Andrew J. Brown Street. You will see that every one of those churches are going to be torn down to make way for new townhouses. So uh, we just need to face reality, Cameron. This is an institutional problem. Nobody's going to be solving it by mitigation. We need to be at the city-county millage. We need to be at the state house this winter, down there to get the point across. And all those homeless people are suffering under that. They should have been there Monday, thousands of them. There were thousands of people going to the Pacer game. Thousands of people should have been right in that assembly room so that they could see the problem that they're causing with their uh, laws. And when you say about homeless and being New York, that's Tony Duncan and Bill Crawford. And, uh, and, uh, and and the one old boy, uh, I don't, I forget his name right now, but they are the reason for this because when O'Bannon was governor, that's when all this went into place. All the eviction laws and landmark tenant stuff under Tony Duncan because all right. he was the constable and under Bill Crawford. So we just need to face reality. It's all right, Larry. Thank Stop you, sir. The mitigation. All right. Thank you, Larry. Hey, Lee, you know, I know, yeah, I know that that's one of your favorite callers. Uh, <laughs> And sometimes, sometimes he makes sense. And and he did today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, well, you know, there are issues, and sure, churches struggle. 
and I worked at a church pantry myself. And uh, people in the pantry, not just people in the pantry, but that's one of the faults, you know, and, and no one is perfect. And sure, people in the church have a bad habit, some of them, of looking down on people. Mm-hmm. And, and the Great Commission said to go. And you can't go if you sit inside your church. And so anybody that uh, believes in following the master and they look at the Great Commission, which told us to go, they know that you got to get outside them doors and invite people in, you know. But, you know, it's uh, uh, the pantry issue is sad. Uh, New Bethel is one of the churches on Andrew J. Brown. I call Andrew J. Brown Churches Row. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of churches. But believe it or not, a lot of those churches aren't being threatened uh, uh, to, uh, you know, to be taken over anything. But what has happened to the churches on Andrew J. Brown is that the neighborhood that they service, mm-hmm. everybody moved out. Mm-hmm. So now everybody goes to Eastern Star, Mount Carmel, New mm-hmm. Horizons, New Beginnings, New Life. You know, these are the mega churches where everybody attends because they're out where the people are. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I'm, I'm not trying to criticize any church, but Cameron, even you yourself, you know, a, a little bit says that I can, I'm contributing, mm-hmm. whether it be financially or like I told that very little church with with uh, 30 members that wanted to participate. I said, I said, you can go to the dollar store and get a case of dishwashing liquid. That will cost you $10, but yet you're contributing mm-hmm. and you're showing concern for somebody, you know, because with these being furnished apartments, you know, they need household supplies, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we, uh, we uh, furnish these apartments. We get our furniture from a place called mustard seed and, uh, uh, people donate furniture to mustard seed. Most of the time, it's pretty good furniture. And so we, these apartments are fully furnished. Uh, I make sure each one has a flat screen TV. Uh, uh, they are, they have internet service as soon as they move in, you know, and so that will help the kids uh, with their homework. Uh, or help the parents to pursue a job. I'm going to hold you right there because we've got more folks who are calling in, hopefully, who can uh, help and uh, who are who are willing to help and want some information. Let's go to the phones. Caller on line three. Good morning. Okay. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Good morning. This is Michelle. How you doing? I'm good, Michelle. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Mr. Lee. How you doing? I'm great, Michelle. How are you? I'm just fine, thank you. So I just want to say very quickly, I'm sorry, it, this this, this has really hurt me. This has really touched me. And I just want to say that I want to participate, period. Okay. So the, the family promise, uh, fa- family, we call it our day center, is located at 1850 Arsenal, which is the back part where the uh, nuns slept of St. Rita's, you know. And so, uh, you know, we look for volunteers. Uh, the, the center opens at nine o'clock. If someone wants to try to call in, and you know the one thing Cameron said, it's not just ladies. You know, uh, a family means that you have children. So we we have. Uh, I, I uh, was blessed to be able to give keys to three people last week for apartments, and one of them was a young brother who had a little daughter about maybe five years old. You know, so we do take uh, men. Uh, 
you know, uh, you know, nowadays, you know, a family could be two women, two men. Mm-hmm. A family, what makes a family a family is it's a child involved, yes, okay. you know. But uh, the the day center located uh, 1850 North Washington will be open at nine and come down there and see what ways, Michelle, that, you know, you can volunteer, you know, you know, uh, you know, fill out a, a questionnaire about your, t- you know, what, you know, the talents that you might be able to uh, offer, you know, to us, you know, to help us. Okay. I have a list of volunteers of people that I can call on to help me, uh, you know, do volunteer work. And, of course, with it being so many white churches, most of these volunteers are white. I've, I've got a crew of seven white women that helped me to paint, you know, and uh, I love them, you know. <laughs> You know, because they're not afraid to, uh, you know, get paint on them. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, reality says that, you know, there are what I call little critters in departments, you know, and uh, they're, you know, that that doesn't make them turn back. You know, I can call them and and ask them uh, for some help. And these seven uh, white women from uh, Zionsville, United Methodist, Carmel United Methodist, uh, they, you know, Castleton United Methodist, they show up to help me paint, you know, and I just love them to death. So, Michelle, can you, um, Lee, is there also a phone number? You gave the address. Is there also a phone number? Okay. So our phone number, the phone number that they can call, with, when that line is pretty busy, you might not be able to get in mm-hmm. that line, you know. That number is... Two five two six one one five six two. Give it one more time. Three one seven two six one fifteen sixty two. So it may be so. There's the phone number, but the the number uh, gets so busy because folks are looking for help. It may be easier, Michelle, if you have time to come down uh, to to the day center sometime. Right. Okay. And I right. just want to make sure I heard you correctly. Did you say 1850 North Arsenal? Absolutely. Right. Okay. You know, so that's on the corner of 19th and Arsenal, which is right behind St. Rita's Church. Okay. Well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to show up tomorrow. Okay. Okay. I'm coming through there and I'm going to bring you some stuff. Okay. Because I have been homeless myself. Okay. And my family. So I know exactly what it is. And I don't mind giving back. There you so, go. Thank really you so much, Michelle. You tomorrow. You're more than welcome, and God bless you. And I really appreciate you for what you're doing for us and our community, okay? Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. All right, we're getting, we're getting up to time, but we got more calls coming in, and I want to I try to blow through them real quick, and if there's other folks like Michelle who want to help. Uh, we're on, uh, on the air this morning talking with uh, Lee Means uh, from The Family Promise. This is a, a organization that I did i was the host the master of ceremonies for um about two weeks ago and this is a group of churches of all denominations uh and and uh, more more than 50 congregations of all denominations 90 percent of the people that they are helping uh are black uh black women black families people with children 90 percent of the people they are helping are black and of this about 50-member con- uh, group, 
here in Indianapolis, only one church, only one UNO is a black church. And so this morning I've got Lee Means on the phone who's ready to retire. But Lee can't retire yet because uh, he's trying to get more black churches and to get in and, and fill the, do the work that he's been doing uh, for the past 40 years. And he's been doing it by himself, representing the black churches. And as I said before, if there's one thing we don't have a shortage of in this city is black churches. And we've got some huge black churches. And I'm not saying you've got to donate your entire church, but for to, but to get up there and look across that room and see um, the lack thereof of black churches, knowing how many black churches there are in the city. I said, Lee, I got to get you on the radio. And so that's what we're doing this morning. So let me get through a couple more calls because we've got, uh, we're going to talk about Onyx Fest. I know they're ready to come on. We'll get there in just a second. But first, let me hit these phones. We're going to do it rapid fire uh, so we can get some information. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. Uh, this is Larry Smith. I'm cur- uh, curious as to whether you have reached out to Wheeler Mission at all. Okay. So Wheeler's Mission is another mission. You know, uh, uh, all the all the homeless uh, shelters, you know, everyone has their own mission. Willers is for men. You know, uh, then they've got the women's shelter. Now, all the shelters are pretty full, okay? Uh, we are blessed to be rated as uh, we have about 75% success rate, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, each, you know, I, I couldn't. Uh, go into their mission. You know, their mission is, of course, homelessness. Mm-hmm. But uh, I couldn't, you know, I could, the only thing I can say, good news, you know, uh, Bay Spring, you know, there are other shelters, and we don't work in coordination with these other shelters. You know, we're... Well, the, the reason uh, that I ask, and it, uh-huh. I didn't want to interrupt, and I know that time is short here, so I'm on the board of, of Wheeler. That's why mm-hmm. I, I ask. And so, if there's anything that we can do, uh, whether it's to connect you to other resources or whatever the case may may be, uh, please feel free to reach out to me and I'll uh, ensure that we make that uh, connection. Because we're, okay. we're, this this issue is bigger than Wheeler, obviously. So oh, absolutely. We, we want to uh, be, uh, wanna be so, able to. So I'd, I'd like to know, uh, I would like to write your name down for a resource person. Sure. Larry Smith. Larry Smith? Yes, sir. And uh, what's your phone number, Larry? Uh, 317-714-9050. 9050? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. And so, you know, the way it works is we... What we do is that we. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold you right there, Lee, because we got two more calls, and okay. I want to get get some more folks in. Larry, thank you so much for uh, calling. You. you never know who's listening and can help. Thank you so much. Thanks, Larry. All right, let's let's get these last two, and then we've got to go. Okay. Uh, caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on open lines. Who's this? Um, how you doing? This is Devontae Jones. Hi, Devontae. You're live on the air. What's on your mind? Um, man, I was driving this morning, man, and. Uh, man, it kind of hit home, man, because me and, and, and my six kids and my wife, man, we're currently homeless, man, and we live in, in our church right now. And that's what we are. We are a real small church, man. We, it's Total Life um, Church of the Nazarene right here on, on 2702 Ritter Avenue. Mm-hmm. We literally have, man, we literally have like like three families in our churches. You understand me? My church is. It's fairly new, man. My pastor is, is from Detroit, but man, we are real 
real into the community. And even even though me and my family is homeless, man, we will we will help out, man. We will come and donate supplies. Wow. We will we will do anything to help, man, because it kinda hit home and I know what people are going through out here. And we are currently homeless, man, because of a leasing situation. You know what I'm saying? And and people think that people is homeless, you know what I'm saying? Because they sleep outside and, and stuff like that. And, and that don't always be the case, man. So, you know wow. what I'm saying? And it kind of hit home uh, for me this morning, man. As I was driving, dropping off my wife at work, I've been listening to the whole conversation. And this is my first time ever calling the radio. So, um, um, I just wanted to, I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to get that address again, and okay. and and that's what I'm uh, uh, testifying to church this morning about, and that's what we're gonna do, man. We're gonna help. Lee, give them that address one more time. Wow, I've, wow. Thank you for calling in. Yes, sir. It's, uh, uh, our church is. Um, well, no, I'm, I want uh, I'm gonna I want Lee to give you the ad- the address that you're looking for. Okay. okay. So so the address of the of the day center. Okay. You can come there to ask questions and see exactly what we were in need of. Uh, okay. It's 1850 North Arsenal. Okay, 1850 Arsenal. Yes. Okay, okay, I got you. Um, Devonta, I just want to say thank you for calling in and and, and for listening, and um, good luck to you and your family. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. God bless y'all. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Leave one more call. We have one more call we're going to get through real quick, and then we are going to wrap up because this has been productive. Y'all have put me in a good mood uh, <laughs> here this morning with people. Even people who need help are still willing to help others who are in the exact same situation as them, and that, that just put a smile on my face. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? This is B. I'm calling because I am a member of Eastern Star, and I don't look down on people because I've not been homeless, but I've been in a, in a situation where I needed help, and I right. got help. Now, what do you actually need? This is my first time hearing of this uh, organization or whatever it is. There's so many organizations out there, so some people just really don't know which one is true and which one is not true. So what do you actually need besides volunteers? I mean, people may have furniture that they can donate or uh, home supplies that they can donate, and they don't know about this. They don't know about your church. Well, and that is exactly why we are giving them some uh, airtime this morning so people like yourselves and like Devontae and like Larry can help out. So leave very quickly in, in about 30 seconds. Can you tell her some of the things that you can help with? You've, you've named some of them, but more importantly, give her that information on, on where you guys can have a further conversation because we've got to go. Okay. okay, so we have a, a supply list. If you if, just take the time to come by the day center, we will give you a supply list of products that we could use that are completely recycled through the center. You know, just just come by and, and ask, you, you know, call, come by. The number is 317. Keep going. We lost her, but she's listening. Go ahead. Okay. And just call that number, 317-261-1562. And then uh, she wouldn't even, uh, uh, my wife, who works too, for this for family promise, she said she would send her a list of things that we can use. And believe it or not, I know Eastern Star is engaged in a lot of different missions, but 
I am available to come to any church, any church, and talk to them about family promise before the congregation, before the deacons, before the pastor. I make myself available because this is something that I believe in. All right. Lee, we are hoping that you get a chance to finally sit down and retire. If some folks can come in and and take take some of this work that you've been doing for forty years uh, off of your back. Uh, first, thank you for everything that you've done over the over the forty years. I've seen the work uh, up close and, and personal, and the results of what the Family Promise does is why absolutely um, the the segment was only supposed to be a couple of minutes, but it went so long because people were calling in had never heard of it, and want to help. So this has been absolutely productive. I hope you get volunteers who come down or people just wanting to inquire. So Lee Means and the Family Promise, thank you so much. All right, thank you, Cameron. God bless everyone. All right, still to come here on... Oh, I turned off the wrong button. I turned off my own microphone. (laughs) Still to come here on Open Lines. Um, We're going to tell you about Onyx Fest, the latest and greatest of playwrights, actors, actresses, directors, something for you to get out of the house to go see and do. We're going to tell you all about it. Teresa Francis, Charlotte Booth, and Gabrielle Patterson are going to be on our live line coming up here in just a moment. Brandon, let's take one big commercial break, and we are back with more Open Lines in about five minutes. This is Open Lines on 106.7 WTLC and the new hot 100.9. And we are back with more open lines on this Sunday morning. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you on Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC. Thank you uh, to Lee Means for helping us out uh, for the past 40 years, but also for uh, helping to spread the word about the awesome things that the Family Promise does. And I know there are so many churches that are doing things year-round and helping their congregation, things that you may not see. We know churches are out there hardworking, but, hey, the Family Promise, again, the reason I wanted to have that on, 90% of the families and women that they help are black and only one of all these churches, of 50 different congregations and denominations here in in the Indianapolis area, only one of them is a black church. So glad we could make some connections here this morning. Hey, um, Blacktoberfest was last night. That was a beautiful event. I heard I talked about at the top of the show. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Got to see so many uh, different talents and people up on the stage, Um, black businesses, food trucks, Beautiful job to everybody involved with Blacktoberfest. There's another fest that is now just around the corner, and it is called Onyx Fest. Um, This is Indiana's first and only theater festival dedicated to the stories of black playwrights. And if you don't already know, there is a lot of talent that is right here in central Indiana, both on and off stage, to tell us about uh, this experience that you need to get out of the house and go see uh, and check out, see what talent we have right here in our own backyard. On our live line right now is Teresa Francis. She is the communications manager for the IUPUI Office of Community Engagement and manages the marketing for Onyx Fest. She's joined by Charlotte Booth, who is a featured playwright in Onyx Fest 2022. She is a professional speech and acting coach, best 
best-selling children's book author, former theater teacher, and two, and at two performing arts high school. She's also a former technical director and artist. She is a true professional. And of course, there is Gabrielle Patterson, who is a featured playwright in Onyx Fest 2022. She is an actress and motivational speaker. All of the ladies on our live line right now, Teresa, Charlotte, Gabrielle, good morning. Good morning. morning. Thank you so much. I love that in unison. Beautiful. Um, Teresa, we've we've got uh, a couple minutes uh, here, 10 minutes on the show. Introduce us to Onyx Fest and why people need to get out and support uh, people like Sharla and Gabrielle. Yes. Hello. Hi, everyone. So Onyx Fest, as you said, is Indiana's first and only theater festival dedicated to the stories of black playwrights. It's sponsored by the Africana Repertory Theater of IUPUI in partnership with Indie French Theater. Um, this fall festival, we are featuring six never-produced one-act plays written by local playwrights. We want everybody to come out um, November 3rd through the 6th. That will be at Indie French Basile Theater and November 10th through the 12th at the IUPUI Campus Center Theater. Tickets are only $15, and they are on sale at IndieFrench.org slash OnyxFest, or you can just go to OnyxFest.com and get more information. Uh, Teresa, as you're doing the marketing for this, um, I think there are so many hidden things that uh, people in Indianapolis don't know about, um, and therefore maybe sometimes is the reason they don't support. Um, And so we want to make sure that not knowing is not an excuse. Um, And that's what we're letting people know about Onyx Fest. But um, how how big is is Onyx Fest? This is this is a big production here. Yes, it is very big. I will say, give you a little bit of history about Onyx Fest. It is in its 12th year. Um, it's only the third year that IUPUI has managed it, but it's in its 12th year. And it was founded in 2011 by Nicole Kearney. She's also a playwright, a director, an entrepreneur, um, owner of Sip and Share Wines. And she partnered with Indie Fringe uh, to bring Onyx Fest to the city. Um, it was in response to the lack of diversity, both on stage and in the audiences of Indianapolis theaters. And so it's Indie Fringe thought it was important to embrace diversity in the Indianapolis theater scene and um, working with African-American playwrights to bring change to this landscape. So it is huge. Every year, um, six, you know, five or six playwrights have been featured, and we just really want to focus on this event that empowers black artists to create their own narrative and to tell their own stories. And so um, we're inviting everyone out. We really need your support. Um, you know, sometimes when you see an event and, you know, it's not heavily supported, the people that make the decisions may think that it's not important. So we want to show those decision makers that this event is important to our community and that we want it here and we want it to support our playwrights um, that don't always get the support that they need. Um, this festival supports the playwrights financially. Um, it helps them to um, to pay their actors. It helps them to um, buy props. It also supplies them with venues to actually have their performances shown. And so we have two playwrights here with us today, and they can tell you more about what Onyx Fest really means to them. Let me go to Charlotte. Tell us what Onyx Fest means to you, what it's doing for you, and what you have on display at Onyx Fest this year. Well, actually, I want to address the question you asked, how big is Onyx Fest? I had the pleasure of being a director for Nicole Kearney many years back, uh, soon after Onyx Fest was conceived. And the other thing you may not know is that a couple of years ago, when COVID was really underway, 
Onyxfest managed to pull through and get through their performances. And PBS did a special, a documentary on the making of Onyxfest, which aired on national television. Onyxfest is also so big that Butler University, in the month of February, live streams all of our shows through their FlyRail platform so that we can have national and international exposure for those people who are not able to come to Indianapolis and see the fest. So it is really growing. It is huge. My play is only one of six amazing plays. Um, two years ago, I worked with Onyx Fest as a technical director. And then last year, I actually submitted a play under a pseudonym, under a pen name, because I didn't want anyone to feel like there would be favoritism towards me. I didn't want anyone to recognize the name of the playwright. And when my play was selected, I was thrilled. This year, I wrote under my own name, but I am also a student at the Maslin School of Writing in Louisville, Kentucky, and I am actually getting an MFA in playwriting. And this play I have this year, Majesties, is part of my thesis presentation. So I'm all about writing plays that showcase real life for black families, but also real love, those things that people don't usually focus on publicly um, that really tell the stories of our hearts and our love for one another. But all of the plays in Unaccessive Year are amazing. They are equally incredible and very different. And so I encourage everyone to see not just my play, but as many of the plays as possible. Support all the playwrights because everyone had a story to tell. Be- uh, beautifully said. It's no wonder you are a professional uh, speech and acting coach. <laughs> uh, Gabrielle, let me go to you. You are an actress. What, 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 how are we going to see you this year at Onyx Fest 2022? Well, I actually am directing. Um, L, we got to up, update the bio. <laughs> I, well, I am an actress, and I am a nationally recognized poet. So I recently, uh, this year, won uh, the largest invitational slam in the country and am representing Southern Five and that. So I consider myself a poet and writer first, and I am an actress. But this year, I wrote a play and uh, uh, called Your Love Will Be Judged, and I am directing that play. And I think that, for me, Onyx Fest is so important because there is a deficit in black stories. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are, there are many, many uh, playhouses that exist, but there, there aren't very many playhouses that are telling our stories. And so to give an opportunity to new and up and coming black writers and black writers in general um, is, 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 is a giant thing for Indianapolis, but it's a giant thing for our country because Broadway only shows 6% of black stories as well. You know, um, if you go around the country, it's hard to find, you know, our stories on a, on a larger platform. So we need the support of the community to continue to come back and, 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 and support our stories and tell people word of mouth is huge. Tell them about what we're doing so that they can come out and support and so that we don't lose this, especially for children and, you know, uh, uh, um, for the community as a whole. And my play is about 
people. It is about a world where imagine if you were getting a divorce and you had to have a jury trial to do that. Mm. And <laughs> and so my play is about the uh, deliberation room. And there's a lot of fun and there's a lot of laughter and there um, are six generations of people with six different ideas of what they think love and marriage is about. So my play is just one of the six plays that's out there, and we really, really encourage you to come see it. Now, that sounds fun. I, I enjoy watching uh, Divorce Court, and so this would be the Divorce Court <laughs> jury. <laughs> yes, absolutely, 100%. Okay, wow. Come check us out. Um, to Teresa, we're, we're uh, getting short on time, but y'all didn't even need me for this interview because you've uh, laid out everything just so beautifully. Teresa, um, Gab- Gabrielle just told us how how big of a deal this is for um, black playwrights and how still um, our, our stories aren't being told. How how I I can only imagine how many plays get written that no one ever gets to see. Um, but Onyx Fest is is a festival with a number of different plays on a number of different days. Can you run down a bit of the calendar for us and and tell folks when they need to show up? Yes, I will. So I will say you're right about there are a lot of plays that are being written that people don't get to see. We uh, Each year we get over 40 submissions that we have to narrow down to five. And so that's how huge this festival is, that people have found, that playwrights have found it to be important to them to actually submit their plays and um, uh, to be, you know, um, submitted into the festival. So I will start with um, the first play um, is Black is My Color, the ethos of Marie Evans. It's written by Celeste Williams. Uh, This play is about two women of different generations who explore the experience of being a black woman through the words and the wisdom of Marie Evans. Now, some of you don't know who Marie Evans is. Um, She is a, um, she was a writer and an activist and a philosopher. She died in 2017 um, at the age of 93. And so um, she um, thought thought it was important to, she loved Indianapolis, but she gave space to scold it when necessary. And so she you got about a minute left. The Blacklands. And then the next uh, play is House is Not Homeless, written by Michael Florence. Um, that is about houseless. It's about, it follows the stories of five ordinary people living under extraordinary circumstances, how they became houseless and the trials and celebrations of their everyday lives. Um, and then we've got Police State. Uh-oh, I'm sorry. We've got Police State by Rain Wilson. Uh, I'm sorry, my somehow. You're hearing yourself on the radio. I am. And A Noise in the Attic by Vernon Williams. Well, there you uh, go. You can go to onyxfest.com and you can learn more about these plays. Onyxfest.com, onyxfest.com to learn about more uh, of the details of these plays and which one you want to go to. Go see something different. If you like movies, go see the play live in action with uh, folks who are right here in Indianapolis, who are from here in Indianapolis. Uh, you never know what these uh, these plays may uh turn into think about it uh 15 years ago uh you know tyler perry was doing uh uh plays and that's all you knew uh 
then of what Medea is, and now everybody knows uh, Medea. So sometimes it starts right there on the stage and in your backyard. There's a lot of stuff that we might be sleeping on, and we have to get out of the house uh, to go and check it out. We are at time. Teresa, Sharla, and Gabrielle, I uh, wish we had more time to talk, but uh, I am excited to come out and actually watch uh, and see the, the, the magnificent work uh, that you two ladies, uh, Teresa, I mean, Sharla and Gabrielle, what you're doing, Teresa, the work you put in and along with everybody else. So thank you so much for coming on the show this morning. Thank you. Thank you. That's going to do it for this edition of Open Lines. We are back same time, same station next Sunday at 8. Remember to get out there and early vote. You can start voting right now. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but I will tell you it does matter who you vote for. And if nothing else, remember... The more y'all mess around out there with these politics and these politicians, the more you mess around, the more you'll find out. We're back next Sunday, live at 8.